Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you how we do it. There ain't nothing to it. We're going to get right to it. You ready? You ready? This is the ProMizzleNow.com Radio Network. Tonight, three hours long for your listening, enjoyment, Juan Valley and myself with the biggest and best from across the Ohio Valley. We're going to talk with Cody Harris here in just a few minutes, but on tap tonight, Cody Harris, Chris Dunn, Mojo Horn, Josh Robinson, Cortez Villa, Ron Gableman. Gosh, damn, that's a lot. Juan will be at Turf Wars this Saturday. I will be in South Haven, Mississippi for Bellator 120. Let's not wait any longer. This is Bluegrass MMA Live. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Fighters first, fans always. The Ohio Valley's number one source for MMA. Broadcasting on the ProMMANow.com radio network. Brought to you by Bangtown Fightwear. This is Bluegrass MMA Live. And now, here are your hosts, Juan Valley and Gary Thomas. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're right here with us. We love you for that. This is Bluegrass MMA Live, episode 173, and by God, it's been a long time coming. We're almost 200, Juan. Well, we are almost 200, and what's crazy, I was just looking at the MMA hour, and they're at like 260-something, I believe. So we're not that far off from the big show. We're, we're going to catch up to them. We're going to surpass them because we're that good. Who works harder for you in this business, especially in Ohio Valley? That would Nobody works harder than Juan, myself, and then our great contributors, David McKinney, Gina Begley, Aaron Garrett, Chuck Liddell. Ken Shamrock, you know, Chuckledale's mascot. Yeah. Chuck mascot. Uh, it's a we. Th- this happens one like every. I don't know, couple months. We have like a mega week. I feel like this is a mega week. This weekend, there's Coliseum Combat. There's Turf Wars. There's Bellator. There's the MFL. Dante Wade's going to be up there fighting uh, Saturday night and South Bend. So many of our peoples, the people we cover, the area we cover, so much action going on. There is, and it's kind of scary because this weekend just crept up on us. Like, I wasn't really expecting it, and all of a sudden I look at the schedule, and it's like, bam, huge weekend ahead of us, ahead of us this weekend. As Juan prepares uh, on his side of things, I want to encourage everybody to go to bluegrassmma.com. Holy Lord, baby Jesus, on a pogo stick. The last two days, we've been pumping you full of knowledge with uh, the Bellator cards, with some IT fight news. We've got uh, what I've, I think I've coined the phrase, uh, could it be the Kinman cam? Chris Kinman strapped a GoPro to his chest and filmed the main event at Bluegrass Brawl. That video was up between Portland Pringle and Randy Jones. Uh, Juan had the pleasure 
to uh, to go to the UFC, and we're going to talk about his experience in the third hour. But he got to witness what is maybe one of the best rounds. Some people saying the best fight. We'll see what they're saying about it next week. It's all everything's everything's the best this week. But uh, a very long night of fights there in uh, Cincinnati. Kyra um, Christian held her first show. They had eight fights. Bluegrass Brawl had eight fights. Ah, there's some just, man. I don't know. Eight fights is not much. But uh, it's it's just interesting how like you start out with twenty. Is it the fault of the promoter? Is it the fighters? Is it the coaches? The managers? Who knows? As we kick off the show, I want to give a big shout out to our uh, lady of the house, Miss Gina Begley. She will travel to the Maristar Casino. She weighs in Thursday. She fights undefeated Marissa Smith on Friday. Could it be her last amateur fight? Who knows? Maybe we'll get to talk to her. Tears kind of up in the air. i got to leave early Friday morning to go to South Haven, Mississippi. Memphis, as they say. Uh, but we, may, we had enough guests to actually stock two shows. So Thursday may be Bluegrass MMA Live, episode 174. Cray Cray. Or maybe it'll just be Pro MMA Now Radio, episode 87. So much on the ProMMANow.com radio network. Uh, Bluegrass MMA Live is now available on LiveSportsCaster.com as well as iTunes and Stitcher with the other great podcasts. Last night, technical technical difficulties uh, suspended the production of Pro WMMA Now. We'll get to them back next week, tomorrow night, Coyote Ugly, Thursday night. Like I said, will it be Bluegrass MMA Live 174 or PMN Radio 87? I don't know. I just don't know. Now my texts are blowing up. So, uh, but let's look at what's going on this weekend. Our first guest returns to the show. One of my favorite guys to be around. I've, I've got to follow his career for quite some time. Uh, and he's, he's taking a little time off. Taking a little time off almost a year since uh, he's been in the cage. But he's coming back, Turf Wars number 18, this Saturday night uh, with, it says he has 13 amateur fights. I think there's one missing here. But he's back with us. Cody Hostile Harris. What's going on, Mr. Harris? Not much. How you doing? Man, I'm doing awesome. How the hell have you been, my man? It feels like we haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, it's like a little bit of a hiatus. I'm ready to come back. I can recall we were in, of all places, just south of Nashville at Rhino Fights last summer. And you talk about you, you had talked about taking a break. What's funny is I look for that fight on your record and it's not there. What what happened? It was, I, it was, I guess it was unsanctioned. I don't know. I um, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Definitely kind of weird. I was, weird. I was like, I know I, I know I was there. <laughs> I know what happened. But it's 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 lost in the record books. Yep. Um, man, before you took this break, you had you had went on a monster winning streak, and you'd hit a rough patch. Tell me, what have you done in your time off to uh, to get back ready for this? And was there a time that you thought you would maybe not come back? 
Oh, no, there was never a time I thought I would not come back. I, I knew I needed a break. I just, my head wasn't in it. I just, I felt unmotivated. I just didn't have the drive. And I was like, I just need to take a break. And I know eventually I'll get the craving again. And it happened. So I started training and started feeling good and decided to take a fight. I've been, um, only thing that's really, uh, haven't really changed much in my, in the game. I mean, obviously you're always learning new stuff, but really just, training like always and so I felt like I was ready to go and now I feel strong I feel I feel good feel ready what was the biggest thing that you learned about yourself during this break Mm, that that I'm not going anywhere really uh, when you're when you take a week off only just a week off of doing something and you're already wanting to do it craving it that you know it's what you do you know so that's one thing. I I know MMA is in my life for good. Do you feel it's good timing because you're still young? You're what, 23 years old? So it's still like a good point for you. Like I, I don't feel like you've missed out on, say, if you had done this when you were 27 or 28. Was it just the timing was right to, to kind of take this sabbatical and recharge? Yeah, it, it's definitely a good time to do it, you know. Uh, uh, quite a, had a, quite a few amateur fights, like you said. I went on a little winning streak, and then I went on a losing streak, and it was a really good time to just sit back, let everything fall in place, and then just pick up where I left off. Tell me, uh, I know Ronaldo Weekly, your opponent, fought Blaine Hodges at 145 pounds. What's this weight going to be at? What's your fight Saturday? It's 145. So how's the how's that weight cut been for you? I mean, obviously you've had a lot of time to prepare for it, but now that it's fight week, uh, you know you're dusting off those old habits, getting ready to 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 go in to the competition. What's what's that been like for you? That's you know, as always. I've actually uh, never really had too much problem with cutting weight. Uh, obviously, when you're dropping those last couple pounds, it gets a little miserable, but. It comes off pretty easy. I don't cut too much weight, so I'm good to go. Sometimes you fight at 155. So you've won a championship at 170. Is 45 the home base, or, or could we ever possibly see you at 135? Uh, I, I think I could hit 135 if I had the like nutritionist time. If I have, when I go hit a point in my pro career where I can afford nutritionists and things in that matter, you know, then I think maybe 135, but for now, 145 uh, and 150, I I wouldn't mind fighting 155 again, uh, but 145 is the main place where I'll probably stay for the while in Miami. No more welterweight fights? Oh, no, no, never. <laughs> <laughs> but you did so well. Yeah, but he, he hit me one time, and I think I was on my ass, so... Uh, uh, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta stay down. There was a littler guy. <laughs> I had to gain weight for that fight. <laughs> talk to me about training. Talk to me about training camp for this fight. Uh, as you know, when you take a break, you get a chance to go back in the gym, sharpen your skill sets, maybe learn a few new tricks, polish up some of the old uh, tools that are in the toolbox. Talk to me about who helped you get ready for this fight and how that whole process was getting back in a fight camp? Uh, you know, the whole, uh, we got a, quite a few new guys on our team now. 
Um, Chris Meyer has been training with us. Uh, Alfonso has been a big part of my training camp. Uh, we've been, been doing what we can. You know, our, our gym has been – We a lot of people thought we were, we had closed down because we moved. So that uh, has been a little bit rough with losing quite a few like, – like Vic Sims. We lost him as a training partner, and that we definitely feel that the impact of that. And then Robert Cooper, he uh, he can't make it in the evening sometimes. So we 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 feel the difference in uh, how our our team is. But we've been getting it in. We've been we've been training. We try to keep it just like we used to. Uh, same kind of feeling in the gym. Same same routine. Uh, just a few different guys, new guys, and trying to break them in and get them ready. Uh, well, getting them to, ready to help us, you know. When you go through a transition like that, guys leaving, guys coming in, you've been the mainstay. Do you feel like you've had to take on more of a leadership role uh, and kind of be a role model to the new people as well as the people that have hung in there with you? Oh, yeah, big time. Um, yeah, def- definitely because I think right now it's just me and Alfonso, and Alfonso hasn't really been there for too long. But, um, yeah, we – We've definitely taken over and um, helped, like with like my coach. We've helped him out quite a bit because he's, you know, had has he has his things he's got to deal with too, and he can't be there 24/7. So we take on a, a big leadership role for sure. In the amateur game, it's easy. Let's be honest, it's easy to to get with the promoter or matchmaker, pick and choose your fights. Your comeback fight is against a guy who's five and one. He's uh, a submission specialist. He's been you know, he's got uh, submissions, he's got decisions, you know, and he's been, you know, a lot more active than you've been in the time uh, that you've been out. What do you know about about Weekly, and, and was there any hesitation to take this fight? Oh, no, never any hesitation. I mean, I took the – I dropped out of a fight that was probably much easier just to fight uh, at 170 against an undefeated fighter. So I'm always looking for the, the harder fights because – I don't want to pat a record. I don't want to feel comfortable and then go pro and start fighting legit guys and get my ass handed to me. You know, I, I want the harder fights, and I always look to be pushed in my in the fights. Uh, if I'm not being pushed in my fights and learning stuff while I'm in there, then, then what am I doing, you know? So, yeah, there's no, there's no hesitation. I really don't know too much about the guy. I watched some film on him, but, you know, personally, I, I know I change every time I fight. So if you go back and watch my film, go for it because I'm probably going to do a completely different thing. So that's why I don't I don't really focus too much on film. Uh, I just go in there and I'm going to fight my fight. The old Cody Harris, your guy that's stayed all the time. What's the pace, you know, now that, that uh, you, you've kind of taken control, you've had this break, what's the pace that you want to set for 2014? And since you brought it up, how much longer before you start getting paychecks? Uh, I, I definitely want to fight a few more fights. Uh, I put a I put a timeline on it about a little over a year ago, and that kind of that became part of my problem was looking more at my pro fights rather than the fight that was in front of me. Uh, focused more on that, and I didn't really focus on the fight that was right in front of me, and it kind of messed me up a little bit. So I'm not really putting a timeline on it. I might I might fight one day, and then a week later take a pro fight you know it's just going to depend on me and how i feel physically and mentally and obviously the my bit, coach and my team the big question that that i need to know and i won't be there so Juan will have to take pictures and show me 
uh, are you ready for the to get the haircut to get that back to get your swagger back? <laughs> uh, well, this fight I actually won't have it because um, I said I, I feel like I need to earn that back. That's kind of like uh, you know something I need to earn. Uh, so I actually won't have it this fight. No hostage. Oh, so so the so the haircut. I feel like that's that's added pressure. You know, that's your signature, man. That's that's one of the great things that you know when I would go out and I get to see you wherever we may be. You had that fresh haircut, and now you got to earn it back. I'll have a fresh haircut, but it won't say hostile. Yeah, got to earn that. Got to I got to put the work in and and feel like I'm, I'm hostile again. You know. Do you feel like? Do you need to motivate yourself or pump yourself up? Or just knowing that you know that this is upon you, is that kind of the uh, the determination and and the grit that you need to move on? Is is there any of it that you have to like dig deep to do, or is it just all just natural? I got to dig deep when I'm training, but that's uh, you know I'll always. But I mean, other than that, I mean, people always ask me, you know, I hate I hate the week of a fight because I get asked how I'm feeling and am I ready like a hundred times, and like. <laughs> it's another fight. Like, uh, I hope I'm ready. I mean, if I'm not, then I guess we'll find out. So, but you know, I, don't, I really don't have to like psych myself up every day or anything like that. But it's like it's you know, it's what I live for. Damn it! I gotta scratch the next two questions out. Are, is he ready? Yes. How's he feeling? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but. Uh, what do you miss? What is there any part of the time you're away that that you miss? The laziness, maybe the junk food, or just the uh, anything, anything that you miss about about your time away? No, nothing. That's you know, I don't, I don't want to. I, I, I like the, I like fighting and training. It's, it's not really an ordinary thing, you know. Uh, it's not normal, I guess. And just sitting around and going to work every day, working eight hours, coming home, not really doing anything. It's I don't. That's not for me. So no, I don't really miss it. I don't really eat too. I I eat some junk food now. Don't get me wrong, but when I'm cutting weight and I and I'm only getting like clean food in me and I feel good, I like I like that. So I don't really miss anything about not training and fighting. So you, what you're saying is you didn't get like caught up in some soap operas or maybe some, you know, a TV show at night that, that now that you're training, you, that's just tearing you away from that? I, we actually just canceled our cable, so I've got, I got no time for TV. <laughs> hey, the, uh, the, the no cable lifestyle is not too bad. I've done it for uh, quite some time. So, I fuck you. Uh, yeah, and it's like you're, you can sit and you can find yourself just wasting so much time and not even realizing it. Like, it's just yep. a time suck. And everybody's caught up in it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you coming on. This is a big week uh, for us. It's a big week for you as you make your return to Turf Wars uh, this Saturday night versus Ronaldo Weekly. Before I let you go, any shout-outs or thank yous or anything you want to throw out there to our listeners? Yeah, uh, thanks to everybody listening, and uh, obviously thanks to everybody who's been training with me, uh, family, friends, girlfriend, everybody who's been supporting me. Uh, honestly, I've said it a million times by every fighter, but I really can't do it without them. 
He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't blink. One of my favorite fighters out there in the game today, Cody Hostile Harris, this Saturday night at Turfway Park. Cody, take care, my man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Slap one in the balls when you see him on uh, Saturday night, and uh, go out there and have fun. All right. Thanks. There you guys go. Cody Hostile Harris this Saturday night makes his return. Truly mean that when I say uh, I, I've and I've seen him through some really good wins. I've seen him through some tough losses. We've been all over the country or all over the Ohio Valley. So, yeah. Turf Wars has a huge card. Uh, the pro debut of Jesse Ray Childry, as well as uh, our next guest, Chris Dunn, is going to take on Jordan Espinoza. Jordan just fought on Friday night. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds on just not even a week off. Yeah, I guess about a week off. Uh, as well, Mojo Horn, he's going to be on with us at the top of the hour. Just a huge fight card up there in Florence. If you've not been to a Turf Wars card, one of the best in the business today. I enjoy it. Adam Gomez doing a great job matchmaking. Um Great fights uh, across the board. When you look at it, what's wrong? Nothing. What's wrong with you? Chris Dunn standing us up? Uh, yeah, he did. Granted, he said he might be busy. He said he would try. No big deal, we, I guess. We don't we don't pencil people in on try. <laughs> Man, it's done. So I made the exception. He's a good guy. Maybe he'll. Uh, I'll message him right now to see if he's free. Uh, to come on. Yeah, tell him we we ain't playing around, son. This is a big night. I had. I was getting in the flow. I was ready. I could have spent more time with Cody. Aaron Garrett hey, says, "Stop my bitching." Really? That's how he's gonna come at me. <laughs> Maybe I, I didn't even I didn't even want to cuss. You did. I thought we were gonna have a clean show. You broke it. We're only twenty two minutes in of a three hour plus show and you broke it. I know. That but these just like Hail Marys or something. I don't know. Well, while we're waiting on Chris Dunn, uh if he comes on and if he doesn't in the interim, let's talk about the tougher is eighteen. What's going on? You know, I, and I talked with, uh, if you missed it, you can go to LiveSportsCaster.com where you can find Bluegrass MMA Live now. We just got one episode up there, which was last week's. But you can listen to the Knockout Hour. I uh, joined Kelly Patrick to talk a little bit about the card. You've got Chris Dunn and Jordan Espinoza in the main event. And Espinoza won, and they said he lost on MixedMartialArts.com. But he won with the Darce Choke. In the first round against Junie Browning's brother Rob. How uh, was that fight? Pretty one-sided. Awesome. So I didn't know. Well, what did you want me to say? It's, it was pretty one-sided. It lasted like a minute and a half. Uh, I thought I read it as it went late into the first. No. But I guess not. Anyway. Anyway, Bill Hill, uh, 
has the tough task of welcoming Mojo Horn back to the cage in Mojo's backyard, so I feel bad for him. Jim Davis versus Jesse Ray Children. I had a good conversation with Josh Snow about this fight, uh, and he was he's pretty intrigued with the matchup. Jesse Ray leaves his amateur career undefeated, taking on big Jim Davis, uh, and it's been a minute. You know, I remember Jim was getting ready for a fight, and I want to say towards Achilles' heel. I don't know. I don't Something like that. I don't remember but yeah. But he was uh he fought it's been since April of two thousand twelve since he's fought. Uh and he's thirty seven years old. So we'll see I don't know. But he's he's got a huge following. You know He does. He he's always at the Turf War shows. Uh you know, the huge following, part of that old school vision MMA crew. So yeah, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Just Ray can handle going in there, and getting the booze. It's going to be the first time that I can recollect of him going into an event being the you know not the favorite or not having the crowd at his back. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, that lays out. For sure. Uh, on the amateur side of things, I like Kendall Young versus Montez Jordan, or as I told you earlier today, Montel Jordan. <laughs> Montel. Uh, this is how we do it. And you're right. If He would be remiss to not walk out to that song. But we've not got to see Ken Dale. He's a, a, a flyweight. He's 6-2. and two. Of course, uh, he took a loss to Cody Gableman, who's now pro. And, and you know, hit him with a, a spinning heel kick that has finished other fighters. Taking on Jordan, who is... Uh, you know, he's five and five. He's won just as many as he's lost. So, you know, he he's seen a lot of stuff, been to, to several decisions. Uh, he's, he's two and two in his last four fights. But he's not fought since August uh, for a friend's Art of War. So we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. And I, I really like the, the, the Cody Harris-Ronaldo Week fight. So... I'm interested to see, well, like, getting, what... Getting back to the Young-Jordan fight, I like that fight a lot in the flyweight division because we really don't have... Now that, you know, Gableman has moved on to professional, he was, like, the top dog in our area as far as a flyweight goes. Uh, and now that we have these two, Young and Jordan, stepping up to possibly fulfill his, his now vacant position as a top flyweight, granted, yeah, Jordan is coming in this bout 2-2, two two, but he has fought some really great guys, and Young is sitting at 6-2 right now. Definitely has a bright future. He did lose to Gableman, but that was several fights ago. He's on a two-fight winning streak coming into this bout. He's already a champion at, for one promotion. I think if he can walk away victorious in this bout, you know, he, sets him up, he sets himself up for a title shot with Turf Wars you know, down the road. So he could essentially be a two-belt holder in our area. It's funny because we saw Gableman, he went pro. Then we saw the new champ. And his name is Case. What's the little dude's name? Little skinny dude with the blue hair. Very descriptive there. I feel the blue hair. Um, I know you're talking about. I can't think of his name. But uh, it's, anyway, it's long, right? It he won matter. the title. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He won the title. Then he went pro, made his pro debut for Turf Wars. Who's to say if? And you know, I'm not trying to predict the future, but. Kendall Young wins up there. 
he goes on and goes pro. It would fit seven and three, ten fights. And let's let's be real honest. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, there's not a lot of competition at the 125 pound division. There's not, and that's what makes this this battle so great because they're putting two veterans up against one another. So uh, whoever comes out victorious is really you know furthering their career in that division and could essentially become one of the top prospects as an amateur. So yeah, it's a definitely great fight. So and I'm you know they Turf Wars made their trip to Louisville. They've they've come back. If you've not been and hopefully I'm not going to be there. But when we come back to Turfway, maybe in the summer, it's they're back outside. Uh, you were cutting up there. Did you say if this show was going to be outside or wasn't? No, I'm sure the show isn't going to be outside. I hope it is. It's, the outdoor shows are phenomenal compared to the indoor shows, which are still great. But I like the outdoor shows so much better. It's going to be cold Saturday. Cold is relative. Cold is like 30 degrees and snowy, okay? It's not going to be cold on Saturday. Let's see. Let's check the, the weather. While you're checking the weather, I did just get confirmation from Chris Dunn. Uh, he did have an emergency that did pop up, and he will not be able to come on the show tonight. I'm not sure that I can accept this. We're going to have to get <laughs> clarification on the emergency. That's okay. And we've got uh, Josh Robinson coming up to talk about his Coliseum Combat fight here in just a few minutes. But as we take a look at our weekend, you know, Turf Wars is going to be huge. I think you, you've got the name recognition. You've got Mojo. You've got Jim Davis, Jesse Ray Childry, Cody Harris. Uh, but I really think top to bottom fight cards, it's going to be hard to beat Turf Wars 17. I mean, that for 2014, that's been the best card, period. Turf Wars 18. Turf Wars 17, one in Louisville. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 the old last time. Correct. Yeah, that's been the best card uh, I've seen all year. Really? Yeah, from, I'm gonna, from top to I'm bottom. Gonna, I'm a, maybe for you, not for me, but it, 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 it's, it's a great card. Nonetheless. Uh, also taking place this weekend, and what kind of, it's MFL up in Indiana, MFL 34. They have a lot of Michigan fighters on their card, which we've talked about numerous times in the past. It is, it is very interesting. Uh, we've talked about numerous times. Michigan is kind of like the wild, wild west of mixed martial arts. It's not sanctioned up there. So you can't really find any information on these guys at all. And if you go to the official database, some of these guys have, you know, 1-0, 2-0, 2-1 records, and they're fighting guys that are 7-1, 8-2, and so on and so forth. And you're kind of wondering how these fights are getting matched up. But if you look at – if you do find records on these guys, they, they might have 20, 25 fights up in Michigan, but none of it's, you know, recorded because it's not sanctioned up there, so – Judging by the fights that I've been able to uh, to get the records on the guys, it, it is an actual good event out there. For sure. And while uh, I'm pulling out, our friend Augusta Tindall's going to be on that card, if you're listening and you want to 
to go to Turf Wars this weekend and watch these awesome fights, give us a call, send us a message, 347-884-9986. I've got two tickets to give away, courtesy of Turf Wars. You're just now making this announcement. We could have been we could have been pushing this all night. Two two tickets? That's amazing. I just I literally just got notification. Give away two tickets. I said okay. I'll wait till Juan quits talking. So there you go. How about that? MFL 34 South Bend, Indiana. Dante Wade versus Aaron Hartman. You've got uh, is Augusta Tindall off the card? It looks like he might be off the card. He's off the card. Yeah, he he is off the card. He is. Daquan Townsend's on the card. Daquan, if you the tarantula, he's going to be on there. There's a lot of pro fights on this card. There is. Hats off to them. So we've got a call on the switchboard there, Juanita. Maybe somebody want to win the tickets. Hold on. I just put it blast out on, on tweet. I tweeted it. I tweeted it. Tweet, tweet, the bird machine. Listen, if you guys are into fitness or into just trying to make your body better, go to onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T.com, makers of Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech, New Mood, Strong Bone, just a lot of great stuff. And right now, you can, there's a package you can sign up. Pick out what you want. They're going to send you the, send it to you every month. It's like a subscription service. If you're not into that and you're looking for, say, kettlebells with zombie faces on it or monkeys, uh, they've got that too. Our birthdays are coming up. A Blintech blender would be nice for Juan or myself. Enter promo code BluegrassMMA to save 10% off any and all supplements for you, our loyal listener. As Juan chats it up. Uh, the call-in number, 347-884-9986, if you're in the chat room, which I see several of you are. Thank you. We love you. Take the time out. Tell us who you are. Right now, all I know that's in there is Aaron Garrett. And I love Aaron. He's a huge supporter. He's with us every week. And usually will join us in the third hour. Uh, so in the third hour, Carlo Kellum's going to join us. Probably Aaron. Who knows? We'll get... Uh, we like to get a uh, smorgasbord of a roundtable and discuss current topics. And if you missed it last week, we talked about music. And drop that nay-nay, as I think the song was called. But I digress. I will be going to, I'm leaving Friday morning to go to Memphis, Tennessee. Actually, South Haven, Mississippi. For Bellator 120, it's their pay-per-view. I'll be honest, I feel like this is one of my last chances to see Tito Ortiz in action. And if you know me, you know he's my favorite fighter. He takes on Alexander Slamenko, but we've got Nate Jolly on the card. We've got Ben Brewer Andy against Andy uh, Ulrich. Um Lots of like Memphis guys on the card. Lots of guys you maybe have seen on V3 on the undercard as well as the whole pay-per-view. So it's going to be fun. What's one topping to me? Do what? No, they don't want a t-shirt. They win 
tickets. I don't know. I, I she she just asked if they want a T-shirt as well. And I'm like, I had no clue. I just found out we're giving away tickets. Let me find out. Okay. So there's that. Um, no, when we get no our next guest on the line, I have to roll up my windows because it's about to rain up here. I don't know how it's going to rain down if it's going to rain down there. I'm about to step outside for a second it's, here. I'm I'm look I'm looking out the studio window and it's dark, so I don't know if it's going to rain or not. <laughs> The studio window. I love it. I love it. All right, so what were you just talking about while I was on the phone? I did an audit commercial, and then I told people how to call in, and I really feel like Chris Dunn messed up my night, Chris Dunn. Shamey, shamey. Like, I had this it, flow. It, did, it threw it off. It <laughs> it You're right. threw my mojo off. We, we had it lined up, ready to go, and, of course, I, I, the whole show has been scheduled by Juan. So when this train wreck falls apart, you can blame him. At the Magic Don Juan on Twitter. Uh, I'll give you a cell phone number. Just just inbox me. Um, and tell him I'm going to say E. Chris Dunn for this. Because he did, <laughs> man, he did throw us off. I think we should put a lifetime ban on him on the Bluegrass MMA Live. That's two shows in a row. We were supposed to talk to him before he fought at Pinnacle. This is just unacceptable. Whoever his manager is, we'll have to have a talk with him. Chuck Wells, you'll be getting a phone call, sir. Why don't you go ahead and get uh, Mr. Josh Robinson on the horn, and then you can go roll your windows up. Our next guest, uh, we're not relegated to just Bellator or Turf Wars. There's also one of our favorite promotions in Indiana, Coliseum Combat, about to go down. Mark Slater and company um, are back. The National Guard Armory in beautiful Kokomo, Indiana. And our next guest will be uh, fighting on that card. He's uh, He's been pro for five years. He's At Flyway, he's fought some of the best. He's taking on Lloyd Carter. We're going to talk to Lloyd as well. So uh, excited for Josh Robinson. The last time I saw Josh Robinson fight, he was fighting um, Tyler Voth in Lexington. So big Coliseum combat event lined up. Mark Slater knows how to promote. Uh, one of my favorite guys in the business. <laughs> I just somebody just sent me a message that the last time we were there it wasn't beautiful. No, it was not beautiful the last time we were in Kokomo. It was snowing. And for some reason Kokomo just feels like the longest drive from right here in Mount Sterling, Kentucky, but uh yeah, it snowed quite a bit. Uh but I feel like Juan and I were right at the tip of the snowstorm. And beat it. Beat it home. So it's crazy. Um, but I digress. As we switch our focus to Kokomo, let's bring on Mr. Josh Robinson. Josh, what's going on, my man? Not much. Appreciate you taking the time out. It is fight week. You do have a big fight against Lloyd Carter this Saturday night. Dude, looking at your resume, you've been a pro fighter for, what, five years now? 
Uh, and uh, I believe four. I think I went pro in 2010. You fought a who's who of UFC veterans, unknown guys. Just you—you you seem to me like the type of guy who has never said no to a fight. Is that is that pretty right? That's exactly it. With when it comes to finding opponents for me, it's not an easy thing. Based on especially my record now, like the people I fought now, so. If I get offered a fight, if I'm available, I take it. There is no, there's basically no. Well, he's this, he's this kind of fighter, so I don't want to fight him. If he wants to fight me, really? Okay, good. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the struggle like, man? Just 2013, you fought five times all over the place. You were here in Kentucky. Uh, you know, you just you fought two UFC veterans in 2013. Uh, you know, what, what's that grind like for you? Um, it's, honestly, it just comes natural to me. My first fight was, uh, I believe it was my first fight of the year was in May. It was on two weeks notice against Dustin Ortiz, who, if you follow, you know, the flyweights in the UFC, he's tearing through the division right now, and I beat him. Um, his most recent fight he won, I didn't get to see it, but I heard that he looked really good. And then I fought um, Sergio Pettis on two weeks' notice as well, and I went to a decision with him. That was a really, it was a really close fight, but I had a couple injuries that I was trying to, trying to fight my way through just to even take the fight. So it was something where I was trying to get there, but I just I wasn't completely healthy and ready for the fight. Is it hard? I mean. It's got to be hard to say no, especially in the back of, back of your mind. You know you've got some nagging injuries, and, and nobody's ever 100%, but are are the opportunities just too tempting to, to not pass up? Like I said earlier, for me, if I get an opportunity to fight, I, the name does not mean a difference to me. And I, I said that in an interview when I was getting ready to fight Sergio. It's, it's just the name of a guy who's willing to fight me, so – it means nothing other than the fact that the guy has accepted a fight with me and is actually following through with it and has a contract sent in. So I just get excited about that and injuries, no injuries. I fight through whatever I have to to make the fight happen and to make it an exciting fight too. If you had the ability, if you had a time machine, you could go back. Is there something that you would tell yourself four years ago uh, to do different or you know, is there anything that you'd wish you'd done or wish you'd changed along this road that you've been traveling? <laughs> I, I guess if I could go back and tell my my pre-professional fighter self, stick to your stick to your bases. Don't don't veer too far off a course from where you started. You know, always always keep home in sight because not from not from any type of standpoint other than fighting. It's just. I've just I lost a lot of touch with my wrestling, and if anyone's ever seen me fight, they know it. So it's really a big secret. But I'm I'm a mainly a stand-up fighter, and I'm really good for my back. And I've neglected my wrestling ever since I got out of school. So it was just something I I kind of read. I I always just assumed it would be there, and I've lost it a little bit. But I've been picking it back up a lot more lately. So talk me through who's helping you get ready for this fight, man. Where's where's home base for training at for you right now? Um, 
Right. I, I travel around to a couple of different gyms just to get the different looks from other people. And, uh, you know, I thank all the gyms that sort of actually let me come in and train with them and understanding that I cross-train. So I have demolition uh, fight team in Finley that I train with, with Gary Young and Josh Killian and Jordan Espinosa, all the guys there. They give me a real good push. Then I also train up at uh, Michigan Top Team with uh, UFC vet Darren Crookshank and there's a kid named Cody Stateman. He's a monster. If you guys haven't heard of him, he's probably one of the biggest 135s I've ever I've ever sparred with. So he's a monster too. And they just have a room full of wrestlers who are really good strikers. So it's awesome work for me. I feel like in 2014, people get entrenched in where they're at, you know, and they don't seek out that cross training. Do you find the same thing? Like people really don't want to go test themselves at other gyms. You know, there's a lot of gyms have everything. They've got the uh, jujitsu coach, the striking coach, the Muay Thai coach, the wrestling coach, but they don't really like to venture out to test the waters in other places. But your guy that, that you know seems to to go wherever you can. You know, why is that? Why don't people want to go out and and see what's out there? Um, I used to be that way, and it was it was just a big thing of gym loyalty, but. Once once you start getting to the level that I'm at and, you know, to where you're right on the verge of being, you know, in the in the highest sought-after promotion in the world, you know, it's you have to realize you have to go where the training's better. You can't, you can't be a top dog in a gym. You have to go somewhere where you're going to get beat up every single day because that's what made you the good fighter you are that has gotten you to that point. So if you're past that point, you're not going to progress. And I just see a lot of people... They have, it's not a bad thing to have gym loyalty, but you also have to, you know, venture out, and you do have to test yourself. Like, I've, I've, I was training out a couple months ago at, in Sacramento with Ultimate Fitness and Team Alpha Male, and it's it's a completely different look for me. In the first couple of days in there, it was like I was a new guy in a brand, like I've never fought before. It was just awesome. It was an awesome feeling just to go in there and get my butt kicked on and just, not even a daily, but a mul- like multiple times a day basis. Another big misconception is, you know, when you look at a guy like yourself, you, you know, you're at uh, almost 20 professional fights, you know, you're fighting all the time. People just automatically assume that those big paychecks are coming. How hard is it for you to, to make it on just your fighter salary? And do you have to have like a regular nine-to-five job to, uh, to make ends meet? Actually, I just started working a regular nine to five again this week after a few months of fighting full time. It's for me to get a big paycheck. It's got to be against a big name. And once again, when you're at the level I'm at, the guys that are just about to get into the UFC don't want to fight me because they realize that it's I can I can upset that if they lose to me, then they're going to have to go back and get a couple more wins. Where at the same time, the low guys don't want to fight me, or the commissions won't allow me to fight the guys with lesser records that aren't as experienced as me. So it's it, it ultimately goes back to whoever's going to fight me, cool. We'll, we'll do it, and then whatever that promoter offers me, I've got, a, I've got a number in my head that I don't like to fight underneath, but at the same time, if I need a fight, like I need a couple wins right now. I'm taking fights for, you know, not as much as I'd like, but at the same time, it's, it's wins and it's for good promotion and good promoters and just good people with with quality opponents as well. 
I feel like a lot of the times, especially here of late, you, you have to be, you know, the away team. You're coming in usually to somebody else's backyard. And I'll see him combat and face Lloyd Carter. He's fought there several times. What do you know about Lloyd? And, you know, what are you expecting out of this fight? Um, for, first, I'll address the coming into other people's backyards. I thrive off of it. I love making, I love hearing people boo me when I walk in. And then when I walk out, I have fans all throughout the arena, the whatever the venue is. People love my fight. They love the way, my style of fighting. They love the fact that even though they're booing me, I'm still a respectful person inside and out of the cage. So I thrive off of it. I thrive off of changing people's minds and opinions of, of fighting a hometown guy. As far as, you know, everything else, it's just one of those things where, it's it's hard to explain. It's what I what I know about Lloyd basically is nothing. I can't. I mean, I can't really explain what I know. I've seen a couple of his fights, but they're not extremely recent fights. So I don't know what he's been working on, what he's been doing. I know he's bigger than me. I'm, it's nothing that I'm not used to, though. I know he's going to have a reach. I know he's he's going to have a lot longer reach than me. So it's it's just one of those things where what I know doesn't really matter because I don't know what he's been doing and everything like that. So I just train to be the best person I can be on that day, and hopefully my best person can beat his best person, and that's what happens in the fight. Absolutely. So you're not a guy that, that dwells on, you know, goes home every night and watches tape of your opponent trying to nitpick and break it down. Because I feel like a lot of guys do that, and some find success and some don't. And then a lot of guys take the route that, that you take, and try to impose their own will and and let the chips fall. Have you have you done the other part? Have you been a guy that studied tape before and it just didn't work for you, or have you always been that way? Um, I started out not studying tape, and then, you know, as when I got towards the end of my amateur career, I started watching video, and in the, the beginning of my professional career, I watched video, and my biggest thing is I would wait for them to do what they were going to do, what I saw they were going to do before I would attack. So I became a more defensive fighter, and I started losing decisions because of it. So it's one of those things where I watched it, but it didn't help me. I knew exactly what they were going to do, but I didn't do anything offensive to stop it. I tried to be strictly defensive to stop it, and you can't do that in a fight. You have to you have to use your offense to stop their offense. So it's one of those things that if – if I watch tape on a guy now, it's just mainly to see what his base is. So what I know about Lloyd is he likes to strike. What I know about me, I like to strike. What I know about Lloyd, he likes to counter strike, and so do I. So it's just going to be one of those things where who's going to be offensive and who's going to get the last counter off. So whoever does it the best is going to end up winning the fight, and hopefully he'll stand and bang with me for three rounds and make it exciting. But like I tell every promoter out there, I tend to turn a lot of strikers into wrestlers when I hit them. <laughs> I remember your uh, fight against Tyler Voss. Uh, yep. I, I felt like you you did your wrestling kind of shine in that in that, but it also kind of his the whole thing kind of stifled the stand up attack. Like he didn't want any part of, of the stand up. You did well off your back. It's one of those fights where uh, you know it was a unanimous decision, but it, still it kind of left you wanting a little bit more. Like, I, that could have went five rounds and I'd have been okay with that. Yeah, that, and I was ready for it. 
you know, every time every time I'm a main event fight, I ask. I, I ask a promoter, can we do a five-round main event? It don't have to be a title because nowadays you can do the five-round main events. A lot of people are going to it. And that fight's a perfect example of what I'm, I... I know Tyler's a wrestler, and I know he's a better wrestler than me. I went in there, I was offensive, I kept my feet moving, and he couldn't take me down because I was being offensive. And then I heard his corner telling, telling him, you've got to get him to the ground. So I stopped being offensive and was trying to just be a counter wrestler against him, and I ended up losing the, the last two rounds because I was on my back most of the time. Not that I was taking damage, but he was just controlling me. He he had a better a better game plan to fight me, and he initiated it better than I initiated mine. Not looking past Lloyd Carter or this fight coming up on Saturday, but how far do you feel you are away from from getting that call? You know, to to sign a contract with somebody because the flyweight division is is definitely one that's not as deep as others. Uh, you know, you want two out of your last three. How close do you feel? that you are from that phone Honestly, I feel like I should get the phone call any day now, but my record does not speak to that. I took fights on short notice. I, Like I said, I've lost some decisions I should have. I've lost to some people I should have. At the same time, the people that I have fought that are in the UFC, I did great against them. There's one controversial stoppage when I fought El Coscovich, but that was just, that was my fault on, you know, being a knucklehead when I fought him. So it's just, it's just what I feel is not going to be necessarily what they feel. I think if I just build my record, you know, with a couple more wins, I might just sit around and wait and hopefully I get a call. But at the same time, I'm also 29 years old. I'm not, I'm not a 21, 22 year old looking to make his debut in the UFC like a lot of these guys are now. So I kind of, I don't really have time to sit around and wait. So, I'm, I'm just going to fight. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'll just keep fighting. Josh, I appreciate you taking time out to join us tonight. I could probably name, I think, four or five guys off the top of my head that I know of turned down fights with you. Uh, people say, Josh Robinson, oh, no, no, not too dangerous. So uh, uh, I'm, I think this is going to be an excellent fight on Saturday. Uh, I, I so respect the grind, man. Like most people, especially nowadays, even on the amateur scene, they they don't have the mentality that you have. So it's it's refreshing to see a guy who's a real fighter and who really has the skill set to, to be successful. So wish you nothing but the best of luck this Saturday against Lloyd Carter. Before I let you go, though, I want to turn it over to you for any shout-outs or thank yous or anything you want to throw out to our listeners. Um. Yeah, I'd like to throw out a shout-out to a couple of my sponsors, J.D. Byrider and uh, Xavier Clothing. And I also want to give a shout-out to Vic from Lyft. You know, he's been with me since the beginning, and he's always sponsored me, supported me, whatever he could do to help my career. He's done it, and he's been like a big brother to me. So I just want to give them all a shout-out for that. And then I have to give my wife a shout-out. You know, she she puts up with the grind and, she married me knowing I was a fighter, which is not something most women can do. Most women can't deal with living the life of a fighter or living with a person who's living the life of a fighter. So much respect to her. And then, you know, my mom and dad for raising me and raising me the way they did. So that way I can be the man I am today. Well, Josh, I wish you safe travels to beautiful Kokomo. It was a snowstorm the last time I was there, so I don't think you'll have that problem. But uh, safe travels. 
have fun, and we'll talk to you again real soon, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the time. There you guys go. Josh Robinson, this Saturday night, Lloyd Carter. This is going to be a fight. Uh, the first Coliseum Combat event Juan and I attended, Lloyd Carter versus Brandon Clawson. Holy ball sacks. It was amazing. Was it not Juan? That was an amazing fight. Uh, Clawson ended up with a broke jaw, shattered nose, and still kept coming forward. You're right. He absolutely did, and I'm surprised he was able to really, you know, get out of that uh, venue alive. Okay, it wasn't that bad, but yeah, it was. <laughs> it was something else to see. <laughs> no, yeah, that that really like I got so much respect for for Clawson out of that fight, and Lloyd Carter too, man. He's so tough, uh, the way he handled himself, and you know, he comes from a solid camp. He's up for training with Darren Elkins and. He just had a Bellator fight that didn't go his way, but, you know, it happens. It happens. Are you glad we're not going to Kokomo? Because it's, I just feel like it's a super long drive, and I know I've said it before, but it's a haul. It uh, it definitely is. Although, I am sad that we don't get to see it. Um, it does kind of suck that you're going to... Mississippi this weekend for Bellator. Although it's a, it is nice that you do get to do that, to get to do a big show every now and then. Um, but since you're going to that, I'm going to Turf Wars instead of Coliseum Combat, which, again, at the end of the day, it's closer of a drive for me, so I'm happy. But like I'm also 20 Coliseum Combat. Yeah, I know. It is really nice. But I'm also happy, too, I get to see Turf Wars because there's a lot of great fights on there tonight. You know, we already talked about some of them earlier this evening. Um I don't know. I just it's wish like home for you. It is home. I just wish like some of these promoters would get together and talk about when they're going to have their shows. That way, they're going to be like an <laughs> event every weekend, and I can attend them all. But that's just me being greedy. Or we, you know, we'll throw some in on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday. Uh, let's throw a Sunday MMA event. Come on, what's, what are we doing on Sundays? Right. Talk about you know? really, really messing your week up. Right. Uh, just like UFC's going to have their Sunday night show. On the July Fourth weekend. Ah, that's so weird. I thought that was a Friday Saturday, or is it, is it Saturday Sunday? It's Saturday Sunday. Yeah, Saturday Sunday. Dumb. So it's gonna be uh, um, it's gonna be something else. All right, guys, stay with us. We're going to the top of the hour. Mojo Horn will be with us here in just a few. This is Bluegrass MMA Live. Join us every Sunday morning from 9 until 10 for the Knockout Hour with Kelly Patrick and Carlo Kellum. We are the only show in the area that covers both boxing and MMA. The Knockout Hour is brought to you by Turf Wars, who brings you the finest professional and amateur MMA fighters from all across the country to you here in Kentucky. For more details on the next Turf Wars event, be sure to visit BluegrassMMA.com and tune in every Sunday morning to the Knockout Hour from 9 until 10. Intimidation Clothing has proven to be the biggest supporter of local MMA in the industry, sponsoring the top regional events across the globe. While other brands come and go, Intimidation is a brand that represents stability. With over 110 different styles of high-quality t-shirts, hats, hoodies, training gear, and more. Browse our premium quality merchandise at IntimidationClothing.com and use Radio 10 to save 10% off your order. When you think local MMA, think Intimidation Clothing. Nobody supports local MMA like Intimidation. Nobody. 
You are listening to the ProMMANow.com radio network. You're listening to the Ohio Valley's number one source for MMA. This is Bluegrass MMA Live. Now, once again, your hosts, Juan Valley and Gary Thomas. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're right here with us, and you best believe we love you for that second hour of three tonight on Bluegrass MMA Live. Juan Valley is keying things up. Big weekend. Remember, we are sponsored by Banktown Fightwear. Be sure you go check them out at banktownfightwear.com. You can follow them on Twitter at BanktownBT. You can also follow us on Twitter at Bluegrass MMA, where you can find live tweets of this show. So if you just happen to miss it or you didn't catch a quote, Juan's got you covered there. Uh, and you can like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash bluegrass MMA. If you've followed for any length of time, you will know our next guest. He has been one of the most successful guys, been a kind of a figurehead around here. If he's not fighting, you can see him in fights. Um, and has been so successful, but with great success comes the lack of people wanting to fight you. So we're going to talk about that, turf wars, and more with our next guest. He's with us right now, Mr. Mojo Horn. Mojo, what's going on, my man? What's up, boys? How's it going? Man, I appreciate you taking the time out. It's fight week, and it feels like it's been way too long since you've been preparing for a fight. What's the deal? Why are, You're like the boogeyman. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, uh, just people want to back out on me at the last minute. I don't know what's going on. I felt like after your Bellator win, like that would have opened a lot of promoters' eyes, even Bellator's eyes. But walk me through what happened after that fight. You know, you came in, you wrecked shop, you you got the win, and then it's been quiet since then. Yeah, um, I fought. Um, they never called me back, man. Um, I don't. I really, honestly, I don't think I was supposed to win that fight. Uh, they brought me in. Uh, that guy's next fight was going to be in the tournament. They promised big things. Left me set on the chef shelf six months, and finally, I just you know, I had a couple other uh, organizations call me uh, while I was sitting on the shelf to want to fight, and I'm like, I'm signed with Bellator. Um, and then, you know, six, seven months down the line, I just, you know, I just called Sam and I said, man, can you let me out of my contract so I can find somebody who wants to fight me? So, and, uh, still trying to find, trying to find a big organization that wants to fight me. You've had one fight since then, but I've up and then nothing sticks. How frustrating is that? Especially at this stage of your career, you know, you, you've compiled all these wins. You know, you're not getting any younger. It's got to be frustrating. Yeah, I mean, you just, just got to keep grinding, man. Hopefully something will pop. Uh, I made um, I made some good connections this weekend while the UFC was in town. Um, drew some lines there, not so much with the UFC, but with uh, some other organizations that were there. Uh, hopefully some something with that will come together. And I'm, I'm actually uh, – I'm actually looking to head overseas um, uh, with the way I look, you know, the, the tattoos and the bald head and all that, you know, to, that's a look they'll like to promote over there. <laughs> you fit the profile. Yeah. yeah. 
how big is it for you to fight close to home, man? I feel like you have such a such a great following, and it's been a while since people have, have got to see you. What's the the buzz been like for you as you get ready for this fight Saturday night? Um, I mean, I got I, I made a lot of new friends in the past couple of years, and um, a lot of them are coming out to support me. Um, it, it's it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, people first thing out of everybody's mouth is uh, when's your next fight? When's your next fight? When's your next fight? Um, I almost want to get a. I, I get asked the same ten questions every time I see people. I'm, I'm going to get a shirt made with, with the answers on it, so you can just read the shirt. <laughs> oh man, I can imagine that, that that stuff gets old. But now that you've, uh, it never gets old. It never gets old. Now that you've been through, what you've been through—the wins, the losses, the career that spans back to the, professionally since 2007. What's the biggest difference in preparation for this fight than, say, just a couple of years ago? Um, I, I don't know. I I train a little smarter now. Um, I take care of my body a little bit better. Um, you know, like you said, I'm not getting any younger. It takes a little takes a little longer to heal. Uh, you know, a little more warming up, little little less rounds, a little more cooling down. Um, get a massage once a week, um, and just you know, just a lot more vitamins and whatnot. <laughs> Do you feel like young guys kind of gravitate to you to, to pick your brain, or uh, is, is there much of that? Because I feel like you would be a guy, if, if I was getting in the business and I wanted to know what to do and what not to do, you would be the guy to go to. Do you get that much? Yeah, what I get is I get um, I get guys that want to want to um, want me to be their Mr. Miyagi. They, they want to <laughs> come in. They, they, you know what I mean? They want me to train them and train them for free and pass on all this knowledge that I've uh, – I've accumulated and paid for, paid for over the years, and um, I mean, I just basically tell them, I'm like, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but if if you want me to train you, you got to pay me. I mean, you can come train with me, you can come, you can come join my school and tra- train in my school, and I'll help you out. But if if you want my time invested, you have you have to, you know, financially compensate me. It's fair, it's fair. I got I got all this money invested in learning this. You know, I've I've worked with all the top coaches in the area, and them, them guys aren't cheap. And I still work with them. So it's it's crazy. I feel like the culture has changed quite a bit because, like you said, you've got your time, your money invested in your brand and your skills. But now I feel like there's so you see amateurs with walkout shirts now, and you see people trying to take shortcuts and taking easy fights and and dodging tough guys. Like how much of that have just pisses you off because I know when you first started that it, it really wasn't like that. No, when I first started, there people would uh, people would fight pro, and then a month later they'd probably fight amateur again. They, uh, <laughs> there was no boxing. Yeah, there's no. My first fight was in a a sixteen by sixteen square cage. You know, um, ice one. But uh, you know, I mean, everybody everybody takes an easy fight here and there. You know I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. If you've been out for a while, you take an easy fight. You know, you fluff your record. I mean, anybody and everybody's done that. But, you know, the, the problem is, if if they want you to fight Anderson Silva, I'll fight Anderson Silva, but I want to be paid to fight Anderson Silva. I don't I don't want to go make $5,000 to fight Anderson Silva. I want to be paid. You know? <laughs> for sure. At least Anderson Silva money. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, give me at least forty grand to get my butt whooped. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> for sure. <laughs> and, you know, traveling around every weekend, talking to professional fighters, like, I just feel like promoters now, they have, they just have much more uh, at their fingertips as far as people willing to fight. To undercut you, you know, say you wanted 1000 to fight, well, they do it for 500 or 300 and ticket money. Well, you like, know, it just, it's so hard for professionals to get opportunities these days. Yeah, a lot of it's to draw. you gotta you got to be able to draw a crowd if you want money. Um, uh, and, and you just got to go in knowing that. I mean, if, if you know, you, 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 if you're making $500, you should have a $500 fight. And uh, sure. a lot of the promoters, a lot, and not, not the, uh, not Kerry Shore or Rod Housley. These guys are really good. And the other promoters, any of the promoters in the area um, that are still in business are, are pretty fair. I mean, they're, they're pretty honest guys. Um, but, a lot, a lot of you know, a lot of promoters. Man, they take advantage of these amateur fighters and stuff like that. But, but like I said, locally we we've gotten pretty lucky in Cincinnati as far as uh, promotions. The, the guys that have been around for a while, they're they're um, they're all pretty fair. I've, I've dealt with all of them, um, fighting for them myself, and you know, pushing amateur fighters to them. You've got this uh, this resume that speaks for itself. I got to know what's what's the craziest story that you can tell us that that's come along in your in your time in the business. Um, like far as uh, far as what, like just just cage? something that happened, just happened, just something that happened in your fight crew, whether it's in the cage with a fan, with the promoter. Just I'm sure you've had you've seen all the tricks of the trade out there. Well, I I um. You know, coming up, coming up, um, training with Rich. You know, when UFC was first getting big, I, I got to um, experience something a lot of guys don't experience. I I got to train with almost the top, all the top guys. You know, I mean, I trained with Marcus Davis, Tim Sylvia. Um, I've trained with Boss Rutten. Um, uh, God, I can't even think of. You know, I was roommates with Matt Brown for a while. You know, um, I mean, I just had I've I've had a really good experience. You know, even even you know the fact that I'm I'm not I'm not at you know top level enough, and I you know this is something I've done, and I, I wouldn't take it back because it, it's been a great it's been a great ride. You know, what I mean it's not over yet, but just this is something that not everybody can do or everybody can say they do. Talk to me about your school. You know, you, you talk about guys wanting to come and train for free. Talk to me about what you're doing there, your training, and and kind of how you've got ready for this fight. Well, I don't personally own the school. Um, I train and I teach at uh, Cincinnati Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Academy. And then um, I also um, I, I spar down at the Punch House for heavyweight boxers, and I I, um, I visit Son of Siam a lot also. And uh, I, I bounce around to all the gyms for the uh, sparring, uh, but mainly my grappling is at Cincinnati Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. I, I just haven't I haven't found any better grappling. Um, it's, um, you know, it's not – they don't really teach the sport aspect of it. It's it's more of the self defense, which, you know, if you know how to protect yourself, that's that's half the battle, you know. For sure. Excuse me, I was choking on an ice cube there. Um, you know, is there? And you've been through this before. Is there a real thing of ring rust? Like, is that something that you'll have to shake off and kind of get? get the feel for things once you get in there or is that does that feeling ever go away 
that competition, that stepping in the cage, is that something that instantly comes back to you? I mean, I, I think a lot of that has to do with the way you train, too. Um, I mean, I think ring rust is something if, if you got called for a fight on three weeks' notice, four weeks' notice, and you haven't been training, um, and you, know, you just jump right back into training, you got to get all this timing and skill and everything back within this four weeks. I think I think that's when the ring rust um, thing comes in. But, uh, I mean, I train every day. I, I train when I got a fight, when I don't have a fight. Um, if my legs hurt, I do something with my arms. I mean, I'm 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 a, definitely a gym rat. I'm I'm always at the gym, but sometimes twice a day. Did you get older? I don't have. I'm sorry. What? Is it harder when you get older? Like, because so many people we we hear we, they talk about the testosterone replacement and all that stuff. About mainly, it helps with your recovery. A lot of the older fighters are on it. Do you feel, have you ran into the issues where you're not recovering as fast or having that healthy lifestyle has paid off and you don't have to deal with that as much? Um, I mean, I work. My, my my big thing is I work a labor job, too. I install floors for a living. So, so um, you know, not every day is a, um, a maximum output day at the gym. <laughs> you know, so, um, and, 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 you know, in old, young, whatever, you have to listen to your body. If your body's telling you to take a day off, you take a day off. You know what I mean? If you're hurt, you, you ice. You know what I mean? If you you got to take care of yourself. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Not by any means, but what do you want to, what do you want out of 2014, man? How active do you want to be, and, and where do you see yourself at the end of the year? Um, like I said, you just kind of got to listen to your body. Um, I'm going to be as active as uh, physically possible. I, I'd like to get at least four or five fights in this year. Um, I've, I've came up with some great sponsors. Um, uh, Terry Toyota sponsored me. Uh, Mint Martini Club, they're sponsoring me. Um, a couple of my buddies who own businesses that I can't remember the name of right now sponsor me. And, um, you know, so things are getting a little bit easier on the, um, you know, as far as my training being paid for. I can, I can uh, work with these coaches a little more and things like that. Um, I'd like to be signed with a big organization by the end of the year just so I can uh, finish it out with a bang, maybe, you know, put my little mark on the earth here. Well, man, we are excited for the fight this Saturday night at Turf Wars 18. Before I let you go, you you mentioned some of your sponsors. I want to give you some time to throw some shout-outs, some thank yous to the guys that are helping you get ready for this fight, your sponsors, really anything you want to throw out there to our listeners. I just want to thank um, everybody that's helped me get ready. Everybody at Cincinnati Grace Jiu-Jitsu in the Punch House and uh, Son of Siam. And uh, if you help me, you know who you are, and I'm sure I've thanked you already. So that's about it. Well, man, thank you so much for the time. We will be in the house Saturday night when Billy Mojo Horn is back in action. Until then, my man, take care, rest up, and we'll see you Saturday night. All right, brother. Thanks for the interview. There you guys go. Billy Mojo Horn back at it. Really one of those guys that, like if you're a, if you're, you know, if you're established, you don't want to fight him, he's dangerous. And what do you think about that, Juan? He says, you know, that he really wasn't expected to win at Bellator. And, you know, the guy he fought was undefeated. You can't even ready to go into the tournament. It's, uh... I'm sure it put a damper in his plans, at least. 
Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I happened to have the opportunity to be there at that fight, you know, looking at, you know, the white paper, so to say, of stats between the two. I was thinking when they're like, damn, dude, Horn's got a tough fight. It feels like they set him up to lose just so the uh, the guy he fought had that huge win over somebody like Horn so that way they could put him into the tournament. And then when he went in there, you know, he got the win. They kind of threw their whole wrench uh, a wrench down their down their dreams, their pipeline. And now that he said that, that he was like locked into the contract with Bellator, it, it kind of makes sense since they upset his since they since he upset their plans of having his opponent into the tournament that they didn't really do anything for him and just made him sit on the sideline for the past several months. Yeah, that's one of the things. I think when you sign a fight with them, you're locked in for three fights. And you have to go around to get approval to fight elsewhere, get released. And it's, you know, I, I don't agree with all their business practices. I respect Bellator because a lot of our guys, and one of our guests later on tonight, Cortez Fee, is going to get a chance to fight. A lot of our guys that we know have fought for Bellator and had great experiences as far as fighting for them. The business side of things probably isn't always as great, but. You know, I I mean, I've seen Mojo fight several times, dude. He's a monster. He is a monster. Oh, without a doubt. I remember seeing him fight back when MMA Big Show was around, and that was years ago. Back when he beat Roger Bowling? Yep, that was, that was one of the one of the fights. Um, but, yeah, no, he, he was right. You know, we've had a lot of emotions here in the Cincinnati area, and the ones that, you know, are still around today, you know, it just goes to show you, you know, how good you have to be to the fighters and just how, you know, a business practice you have to be, you know, good business practices. Because if you don't have any of that, if you're rude to the fans, the fighters, or you suck at, at on the business side of things, you're not going to be around anymore. And we've had a lot of promotions come and go here in our area, let alone just the probably hundreds we've had in the Ohio Valley region over the past 10 years. Um. But no, you I'm remember, happy to see you more get back into the the, uh, the headstone for gruesome. What if we did that for all the promotions that we've seen come and go? That'd be one hell of a of a cemetery, <laughs> right? That would just take too long. <laughs> what, what do you think about like last week when uh, when Kyra told us that when you break out the fog machine, that's the that's the end of days? <sighs> yeah, she did say that and. There are some promoters that still do that to this day. So when she said that, I'm like, crap, I thought this promotion not out of business. <laughs> I've been to a few that have went out of business with a fog machine at the show. You, you know what's funny? So talking on this I've ran, I've ran a fog machine at a few shows. One of them was Spartan, and look what happened. <laughs> I know. I, they should have never let me have the controls. <laughs> uh, at the last Art of War show, I think it was back in August or September of last year, uh, Robert Wolf, the promoter and owner of Art of War, was stoked that he, he just got a brand new smoke detector to use. And they haven't had a show since then. Oh, man, that's... You mean a fog machine? Yeah, what'd I say? Smoke detector. <laughs> I was looking at the ceiling at the smoke detector when I said that. <laughs> oh, man. Crazy. So crazy. Yeah. Don't yeah. Okay. 
Um, what uh, I'm trying to think. What have we got next week? What's what's uh, next week? Is the week of the 24th? I feel like there's several shows that Midwest Fight Series is on Friday night. Weren't they supposed to have a show last week? Last month, uh, first week of April, and that show was that show was the longest show I've ever been to on the amateur <laughs> local scene. Oh, yeah. uh, and their show prior to that one back in January, January thirty first. <laughs> January. <was, laughs> I, I'm almost at January and February and mix the two. Um, that show was also long, so I imagine this show is probably gonna be long as well. But the fans who paid to get in are getting their money's worth. Speaking of long shows, while we're waiting here to get our next guest, um, well, before we get into that. So we did have a guest lined up for this time slot. I think Gary forgot. Uh, we did have uh, Johnny Johnny Davis signed up, who fights, who was supposed to fight this weekend at Costume Combat. He injured himself, sustained injury uh, in the past 24 hours. He had to withdraw from his fight, so um, he would not be on the show joining us tonight. So we do have this little bit of time to talk freely. Uh, just want to let everybody know that. But going back to the long shows, the UFC this weekend in Cincinnati, wow. That was like an all-day event. It was something else. For those Let's, of you who – go ahead. I was going to say, we'll, we'll talk about the show in the third hour, but I just, just for reference to what Juan's talking about, my daughter had a birthday party. We took her to my mother-in-law's to spend the night, stopped at home, changed clothes. I took my wife out for Mother's Day. We went to Outback, and then we went and saw Neighbors. And I got home just as Matt Brown was walking out. The show started during the birthday party, and was just the main event was just starting as, I, as we finished our date. Oh, how cute. I just saw Neighbors last week. How did you like it? I thought it was funny. I thought the ending was stupid. I mean, it, it kind of like led up to the whole movie, and then the ending was just like a big letdown. That's a lot of Seth Rogen movies, man. Like, This is the End was probably the worst movie I've ever seen. I agree with you. It was, <laughs> it was it had 20 parts, but overall, yeah. how'd that ever be like, made is what I would know. That, yeah, I can just imagine them sitting around, smoking weed, like, this will be a great idea for a movie. And it's got Seth Rogen <laughs> in it, so you know people are going to go see it, so. Yeah, I like him as an actor, though. I, I, I'll go see anything he puts out. I don't care what series these are. I like uh, Mojo. You, you, Juan made all the custom sliders for the show tonight and posted it, and Mojo said, terrible pick. <laughs> and I agree. It was a, <laughs> uh, a horrible picture. Where'd you find that at? Um, at the time, we weren't friends on uh, Facebook, so his pictures were limited in what you can see if you weren't friends. I Googled it. I couldn't come up with nothing that was – he's only had a limited time to get these out. So I was just looking for pictures that I can easily crop, and that wouldn't take time. So I just found that picture, put it up there, and I knew it was a horrible picture, but I'm like, crap, this is all I got at the time. It doesn't so, even look like you. It doesn't at all. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. He had mentioned that, it kind of looks like Keith Jardine, which, yeah, he kind of looks like Keith Jardine there. <laughs> well, if you will get uh, Mr. Lloyd Carter, 
have to wait till 10.30, homie. I told you to back that up. You didn't even contact him, did you? You don't even listen to him anymore. <laughs> hey, it's not like you never listen to me, so we're in the same boat. I, I always say I never listen to you, but I nine times out of ten follow your directions. Bull. Bull. It's true. All right, I'm going to hold you to that. We got this on record. Let's record it. So I'm going to have to cut this out and uh, play it back, but let me try for Carter here. All right. We'll try to get him. Try to get Lloyd on the horn. I think he's an hour behind us, maybe. So... We will talk to uh, Lloyd here in just a second. Love watching Lloyd Carter fight. Even, you know, he's just so exciting. I, I remember the first time I heard of Lloyd Carter was back in 2012 when he fought Jeremy Pender and ended up knocking him out in the first round. And then, you know, I've been kind of following him ever since then. Been an up and down career, but he's one of those guys as well. He'll he'll just fight just about anybody. And brings a good crowd, and his uh, his Instagram is amusing. So, speaking of Instagram, you can follow us on Instagram, Bluegrass MMA. We're there. We've got a Pinterest, too. I, I don't know how to use Pinterest, so don't expect me to be pinning anything. Um, but, yeah. Still to come, Lloyd Carter in just a second. Ron Gableman's going to discuss what's going on with uh, with him. Some exciting news. Cortez Villa. I'll get to see Cortez in uh, South Haven, Mississippi on Saturday. Takes on Brian Hall. Should be a good fight. So, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of good stuff going on. If you are still listening, whatever day it may be, we appreciate that. To guests out there in the chat room, if you want to take a minute, log in, tell us who you are. We'll say what's up. Remember, in about 25 minutes, we'll cue you to join us in the third hour as we chit-chat about whatever. But you you can only call in or Skype in. So, anyway, this Saturday night, you've uh, heard from Josh Robinson. He'll be taking on our next guest. Uh, a guy that I thoroughly enjoy watching fight. He's He's got the knockout power. Uh, so fast, explosive. He's with us right now, Mr. Lloyd Carter. Lloyd, what's going on, my man? Hey, hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Guys, I appreciate Jim, I'm doing good. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out to, uh, to join us tonight. It is fight week. And, man... I, what walk me through some of this Indiana stuff? I'm, I'm going to need a guide here. I see this thread that gets like 300 comments deep, and a lot of it's talking about you and your original opponent. Maybe had to fight on another show. What what's it like living through that drama? That was crazy. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much used to that. I've been most people don't know. Uh, I've been fighting for close to almost 10 years now, so. This is not my first like time I didn't have somebody multiple opponents back out, so you know it, it's 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 rough, you know. So, so you guys, it's part of the sport, I guess. It's the ugly part of the sport. Did you have to find out on Facebook like everybody else? Oh uh, yeah, because I was like, uh, he's got opponent. Like I didn't know what they were talking about at first. I just saw my name, and that's the only reason why I commented. I was like, okay, like what are you guys talking about? Like I'm not. 
like I I know who you're talking about, and then the you know the people hit me up and then watch me it's like, oh I'm not talking about you, you're talking about the other dude, and I was like, oh okay, and I was like, oh okay, <laughs> so it's like, yeah. it crazy man, but I mean like I say I've been around the sport for a long time, I'm I'm a veteran in the sport, so I mean I'm I'm used to that like people backing out. At least it wasn't the day of or the day before, and then I'll be really probably been upset a little bit, but. You know, Slater, Mark Slater, a good promoter. You know, he just reached out to some more people, and uh, the fight's happening, so it is pretty cool. Is there always that much drama going on in Indiana? Because I feel like it's not that way everywhere else. Do you feel like Indiana's kind of a hub for all that craziness? Um, yeah, it, it really <laughs> is. It, 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 the state is actually, in my opinion, is it, kind of divided. And, like, uh, it's more like like the southern part of Indiana, like northwest Indiana. We're pretty much, we're pretty much, like, cool, you know. But, like, this, once you go past, like, I don't know, once you get to, like, the southern part of Indiana, it's, it's kind of crazy out there. They sure like to stir their stuff up, man. So you lost your original opponent, but you get Josh Robinson, a guy who's fought and beat, you know, UFC veterans, he's been in the game for a long time like yourself. What what excites you about this matchup? Because he's the guy that always comes in, brings the fight. You know, this this has fight of the night written all over it. Um, it's actually a little bit more motivation to it, to this fight, because he'd be one of my teammates before, too. So his name has been a name that I've been wanting. To, I've been wanting this fight for, for a long time now. Well, I want to say a long time, but his name has been one of the dudes I've been wanting to fight. So, you know. Um, I'm just looking forward, you know. He's a gamer, I'm a gamer, and I'm just looking forward to fighting and getting it on. Now, you fought uh, you fought all over. Your last fight was in Bellator. You fought uh, for HFC, XFO. You know, you, you've been around. What, what's bringing you back to the Coliseum Combat? This, is the, this will be the third time you fought there in your last four fights. What is it about Mark Slater that keeps you coming back? Um, you know what? Mark Slater, he, he's all about... He's all about uh, putting on good fights and fighting fights for people to, to, you know, to see, you know. So I like the, I like Kokomo. Kokomo has been like my second home, so it's been pretty fun and pretty cool in Kokomo. So I feel like Kokomo likes you. I was there for the Brandon Clawson fight, which was amazing, by the way. But the crowd went oh. crazy. Do you do you feed off that? I mean, some people say they can't hear the crowd at all. Are you a guy that feeds off the the what the crowd brings? Um, I I I I'd be lying if I say I don't hear certain things. Like you you hear it, but my main focus is just basically um getting my hand raised. And only voice that I really can hear is my coaches. That's that's basically about it. But you know, like after you hit like after you hit somebody, you do hear the whole place go ooh. You be like oh, okay okay okay. So. <laughs> Try not to get you. Try not to. What my coach call it all the time. You try not to admire your work, you know, because after you rock him a good time, and then hell, he could rock you a good time, and then what? It's like ooh, ooh, you know. So it's just like just get the job done, and then worry about all that later. When you when you watch the video, then you be like, oh damn, like or the crowd is going crazy right here. But yeah, uh, also man, Carlson man, he's tough. He's a tough kid, man. He's a tough, tough up and comer kid. Yeah, that's uh, and he's not fought since, you know. And that was—I thought he was done in the first. I thought he was done in the second. It was 
That was a crazy fight. Um, but, you yeah, know, you talked about it. With, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Cause, yeah, because with that fight, they, they, people told me, like, I broke this the first round. And in the second round, it was like, you broke this in the second round. I was like, damn, I broke a lot of stuff. And he just kept coming. I was like, oh, man. But, yeah, tough kid. <laughs> Shattered his face, man. Shattered his face. That that's what was crazy to me. That I I have a low threshold for pain, but I can just imagine the pain that Brandon Clawson was in. Um. Um. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Like, yeah, that that is very crazy. I don't like even like in the USC, you see some of the shots that these guys taking. You be like, damn, like how how are they taking these shots? You know, they just and he just got a a, a nice chin. And a, a solid big ass head or something. I don't know, man. Because <laughs> when you hit somebody, he's like, I just hit him like with with with, with like one of his safe hands. Like I hit him with a nice right hand, and I'm like, damn, he just like kept coming forward. I was like, okay, okay, I don't. Like, all right. <laughs> What's the biggest difference in Lloyd Carter today and the Lloyd Carter that uh, started so many years ago? Um, well, the, I'm I'm my biggest critic, so I'll be honest and tell you, the Lloyd Carter, when he first started, he was, you know, he was just a banger, you know, stand up and swing for the fences and let it go. And I, for a long time, I was so anti-jujitsu and anti-everything, you know, and then I started evolving my game, you know. So I just say I just evolved my game over the years. What's the, tell me about some of the people helping you get ready for this fight, because I know you come from a great camp, uh, you know, a lot of good guys in there with you. Who's helping you get ready for this fight? Um, my, my, I like to keep my training camp really small, like just with my teammates and, like, Darren Darren Elkins, he, UFC vet, he helps me a lot. My coach, Steve Colon, um, Dexter Wright, Craig Fruits, Greg Tigner, man, everybody at Team Colon and Carlson Gracie, you know, they just help me out a whole lot. So it's just it's 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 just more to it than just me. I gotta say, man, I enjoy your Instagram. Like I always, you, you put some of the funniest stuff up there. How how much of a deal do you, like you take social media? Because so you you have such a reach out there. Uh, a lot of times where people that may not even know who Lloyd Carter is stumble upon an Instagram post or Twitter or what have you. Like, I feel like you do a great job at your social media. Yeah, I do, but since since I know, like, uh, I'm I'm more like a comedic type of person. Like, I like to see everything. We got, like, some humor into it somehow. And I just really just randomly just post random stuff, man. That's just basically it. Or however I feel or whatever I say, I just randomly post it. And that's basically about it. But I, I am aware that I gotta I can't I gotta watch some of the things I put on put on Instagram and put on Twitter and Facebook because some big organizations like frown upon that type of stuff. So Cause now I saw that the been to the light. I, I just ease back on certain stuff. I saw as I was stalking you that that you recently went out to Las Vegas. Did you get some training in out there? Or was that just for vacation? Oh, uh, that was. Right after my Bellator fight, and it was just uh, met with a couple of people out there and had a couple of good conversations, and then 
just enjoyed the just enjoyed the trip after our hard uh, training camp. It was it was pretty fun and exciting. Did you win any money? Yeah, I did. I won like a hundred bucks. <laughs> hey, at least you didn't lose money. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's all I was Vegas. That's all I'm gonna say. I got to ask you about uh, another thing here, something that kept coming up. A lot of people say they want to see you and James Porter go at it. What, what's your thoughts on that matchup? Um, that's something that's probably going to happen. But when it first got bungled upon, when it was first supposed to happen, he said no. Uh, you coming off two losses, you need to get your wins up before you, you know, fight me. I was like, first of all, like, who the hell are you? You know, I've been around here longer than you. And, like, how you, everybody just anoints you, like, the man at 135 around here. I'm like, you fought people, saying some of the same people twice. So it's like, I don't even understand that. But, and then uh, he lost to Pettis, and then once he lost to Pettis, then he hit me up. No, before he fought Pettis, he hit me up and was like, uh, can we cross-train with each other? I'm like, no, I'm not going to cross-train with you. Like, you're a potential <laughs> opponent that I want to punch in the face. Like, no, I'm not going to. How are you going to call me out and then expect me to cross-train with you? I'm like, that is like the dumbest shit in the world. You know, like, you're going to call somebody out and be like, oh, I want to cross-train with you now. I'm like, no, dude, it's like, no. I, I don't I don't understand that. You understand that? Wow. No, no, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't imagine that. That's. That's kind of ballsy. Exactly. So now it's like every chance they get, if it's my name, if they see my name on Indiana MMA, him and his uh, coach, they take shots at me. You know what I'm saying? So Does that bother and you? And that's like, um, it's more like, how can I say this? You know, like, okay, it's like a hot summer day, right? And it's just like a mosquito just keep buzzing, buzzing, buzzing by your ear, right? Eventually, you're going to, like, slap the shit out of the mosquito and, like, try to kill it, right? So it's, it's, it's getting to the point where pretty pretty soon or later, I'm going to end up slapping him across his face, you know? But I'm just going to take my time and wait for the right situation to come, right? If the money's right, then we'll fight. If the money don't be right, then we won't fight. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, man, we hate that we're going to miss the fight this Saturday night. It goes down in Kokomo, Indiana, Josh Robinson versus Lloyd Carter. Man, before I let you go, and I appreciate you taking this time out to talk with us tonight so much. Before I let you go, any any shout-outs or thank yous or anything? Uh, yeah, I'd like to thank uh, all my teammates at uh, Team Cologne, Carlson Gracie, my coaches, uh, my sponsors, Accelerated Rehab and Fitness, and uh, BuildingChampions.com and uh, Defiance, and just everybody has been supporting me over these last nine years or so, you know, and that's basically about it, and thank you guys for having me on the show. Well, man, we're huge uh, and, fans. And a uh, big thank you to March Slater for bringing me back and uh, keeping me working, so, you know. Absolutely. Well, we're huge fans. Uh, tell us where we can find you out, out there on the Internet. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at uh, Lloyd Carter at Lloyd Carter. You can find me on Twitter at the at the Carter one thirty five, and you can follow me on Instagram at Sims Washed Away. 
Or and you, you also can go to my and you also can go to my website, LloydCarterMMA dot com. Yes, I have a website. See, that's a, 2014 guys. Everybody needs one. Lloyd Carter's yeah. got one. Why don't you have one? Well, man, exactly. thank you so I'm much. Put that on the shirt. I'm, I'm put that on the shirt. <laughs> Trip down to I'm, Kokomo I'm this uh, this weekend, my man. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Best of luck. I know I, I'm calling five tonight, so no pressure. It's not like I'm anything special, but I'm I'm calling five tonight. I mean, right here. With both with both of us being veterans and and everything like that, it's, it actually is a potential to be fighting tonight. You know, every time I fight, that's what I like to put on. Either fighting tonight performance, I like to finish fights. If you've seen my last couple of fights, I, I like to finish fights. So, I, like I say, when I come to Kokomo. I come to put on a good show for the fans and finish fights, and and my plan is always go to the after fight party and not the hospital. <laughs> well, man, have a safe trip down there. Enjoy yourself, and we'll talk to you again real soon, Lloyd. Oh, thank you, thank you. Good night, guys. Have have a blessed night. There you guys go, Lloyd Carter. This weekend, Kokomo, Indiana, fight of the night. Don't even miss it. If you're within 200 miles, get to. Kokomo, Indiana, Coliseum Combat, Mark Slater and company. Yeah, that's where you need to go. As I've told you this weekend, I am going to South Haven, Mississippi for Bellator 120, their first pay-per-view. And lo and behold, there'll be some familiar faces from Reed Academy making his Bellator debut. He's with us right now, Mr. Cortez Fee. Cortez, what's going on, my man? Uh, not much, man. How's it going? It's going great. Appreciate you taking the time out. It's fight week. I got to ask, when do you leave to go to Mississippi? Uh, I'll be leaving uh, Thursday morning. I feel like I'm, I got lied to. They they said Memphis, and it's kind of close to Memphis, but it's, it's Mississippi. It's kind of weird. I didn't yeah, understand that. I've been, I've been saying the same thing. Like, which one is it? Is it Memphis or is it Mississippi? Which one? So, he guesses it's as good as mine. So you get to join the ranks of uh, a couple of your teammates <clears throat> and fight for Bellator. How excited are you for this opportunity? You're on a stacked card. You're going to get a fight on the same card as Tito Ortiz, Rampage, Mike Chandler. You know, how big is this for you? I, I mean, it's pretty exciting. I mean, I couldn't ask for, you know, a better card to be on. I mean, and I got to definitely, you know, thank my coach, Charles Reed, because, you know, he's the one who – you know, made it happen. He told me to just keep being patient, and, you know, and I was, and then he got me on this card. So, I mean, I got to really, you know, thank him a lot for this opportunity. So, I mean, it's, you've, it's, won, awesome. uh, you've won three fights in a row, including your professional debut. Did you think you would get this opportunity so soon? Um, Honestly, no, I didn't. I mean, I maybe, you know, a few more fights, you know, then maybe I would have gotten it, but not this opportunity, not on a card like this. I did not think so. You know, I mean, it, when I was told about it, I was just very surprised. Like, oh, wow, you know, like, I can't believe it. Did you get to go to Justin or Rob's fight when they were at Bellator? And if so, did you kind of get to, at least from the outset, kind of soak up what that big show's like? Yes, I did. I've um, gone to Oklahoma for both of Justin's fights, and I uh, went to one of Rob's fights that was with us as well. And I mean, and I did get to you know experience it and you know be in the back and see what it was like, and 
I mean, uh, it's it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's a little different, but uh, if you ask me, it's, you know, I mean, it's not any different than, you know, being on uh, any of the, you know, local cards or anything. I mean, it's just, you know, you're around fighters who are more experienced, more seasoned, and then the media is more involved. You know, I've heard guys say that until they get those big-ass cameras pointed right in their face, yep. and then they yeah. freeze, and you're like, wow. Right. So have you prepared yourself for that? Um, no, I haven't. You know, I, I, I tried to sit there and be like, what can I do to prepare myself for that? But really, I don't really think there's anything I can do until it actually happens and then just, you know, see how I respond to it. Now, what do you think of this fight? You're down there, obviously, I, I think Brian's from right there in Memphis or, or close. Yes, what, he is. You know, what the, what's this matchup? You know, how much game plan have you done? Have you watched much film on him, or have you tried to kind of stay away from that stuff? Uh, I, I'm big on watching film, um, but I didn't want to watch too much film of him because, you know, I didn't want to get, you know, like I didn't want to get cocky, which normally I don't get that way, but I just didn't want to, you know, watch too much film and then go in there kind of, you know, big-headed stuff. I kind of just watched a little bit and watched what I needed to. Um, but, you know, Brian Hall, I mean, he's a – you know, really good fighter, and I know he's going to bring it just like I am. Um, but um, I, I would say that I prepared for Brian Hall as much as I could. I mean, I, I would say I'm ready. I'm definitely ready, and, you know, I think I'm going to surprise him and everyone else. Do you, like, is there any added pressure knowing that you're going into his backyard? Um, honestly, for me, I like it. To me, it's a plus. I love going in as the underdog. I love going in you know, to someone's hometown, and, you know, every, the odds are against me. I love it. You know, I, to me, it's just awesome. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I would love to tell you that the only reason I'm going to uh, this event is to see you fight. But I got to say, like, I feel like this is the last chance to, like, see Tito Ortiz fight, you know, Rampage, some of these guys. How how have you prepared for struck once you get there? I couldn't hear you. You kind of cut it out. I'm sorry. You know, I, I said I would like to have uh, to be able to tell you that I'm going there just to watch you fight, but I feel right. like this is the last chance we'll get to see Tito Ortiz, even Rampage, some of these guys. <laughs> How do you prepare yourself not to be starstruck, being in the same locker room with some of these guys? Um, I mean, I, I really don't know how to do it, but I guess I can think of it as, you know, they go to the gym and train every day, you know, just like I do. I mean, the only thing is that, you know, they have more fans. They've been doing it longer. They've been in the spotlight longer. And for me, it's just, you know, it's it's more new to me. You know, I haven't had to deal with those things. So they'll probably just be a little bit better at dealing with it. You know, but, I mean, I've met, uh, I've met you know, like Tim Mo. I've met him before. You know, I've, I've never met Tito Ortiz. Or Rampage. You know, I've come pretty close, but never got the opportunity to. But um, it'll be pretty exciting to actually, you know, be in the same locker rooms or, you know, just be on the same car with them. It's exciting. Walk me through what's going on up there at Reed Academy, man. You guys got some killers up there. It seems like uh, everybody's been in fights here lately. Uh, the team's doing well. What's that atmosphere like for you training with uh, with everybody? Oh, the Reed Academy, I mean, it's a, it's a great place to train. It's a, you know, I mean, it's a, I love it. It's a great gym. You know, I, there's a lot of great teachers there. You know, I have a lot of great training partners there. I mean, it's just, it's a great place to learn. It's a great place for MMA. You know, what, and like, you know, what Charles has, Charles Reed has done, you know, in the last few years to, you know, bring in fighters and open up doors, it's just, it's been great. 
it's been amazing to watch to see guys like yourself, Justin McNally, Rob White, uh, Maurice, even as of late, uh, and even some of the up-and-comers uh, on the amateur side. How What's the excitement level like when, when somebody's preparing for a big fight there? Oh, it's pretty exciting. I mean, like, you know, everybody's there. Everybody, you know, let's try to help you, in, you know, in any way possible. You know, even the few female fighters we had, you know, I mean, everybody there. It's just like one big family, you know, trying to help everybody prepare, you know, for their fights. I mean, like, you know, Rob White, you know, I look up to Rob White. He's like an older brother to me. He's always calling me, you know, like, hey, man, you doing all right? You know, how are things going? You know, Bob, you know, and same with my coaches. You know, they'll call me like, you know, hey, you want to come to my house and get some work in, you know. You're more than welcome to, you know, they just, everybody's great. Everybody's been very helpful and contributes a lot. What's life outside the gym like for you? Because obviously this young in your career, you know, as much as I'm sure you'd like to, it, it would be hard to, to to make this a full-time job. What what occupies your time outside of training? Um, Really, I'm at the gym all the time. I work only on weekends. Um, I'm in there, you know, uh, two to three times a day. Um, I have a wife and two kids, but, you know, my wife, she's been uh, pretty nice about, you know, allowing me to go to the gym and train a whole lot because, you know, she understands that, you know, it's what I want to do and I have to, you know, train hard in order to be successful. It Will will they get to make the trip to watch your fight or are they just going to watch it online? Oh, no, my wife, uh, she'll be there. She'll be actually the one driving me down. She's uh, been to every single fight that I've had. Man, that is awesome. Do you have to cut weight on the way down there? Because I just imagine that long drive, trying to cut weight with right. your wife, That I feel like maybe some bad stuff happened there, like she stabbed you in the leg or something. <laughs> um, actually, I'm only five pounds out uh, as of right now, and uh, my goal was to just cut the west of my weight tomorrow. And come Thursday, you know, we drive down, and I don't have to worry about cutting any weight, you know, because I've cut weight before on the road, and it's just not fun. It's so uncomfortable, and, you know, I'd rather just get there and be on weight. Well, man, that is awesome. Listen, I appreciate you taking the time out uh, with us tonight. I'm excited. I'll get to see you Friday for weigh-ins. And then the big fight, Bellator 120, this Saturday night. Cortez Filia, before I let you go, I want to give you a chance to give any shout-outs, any thank-yous, anything you want to throw out there to our listeners or, uh, you know, anything. It's your time. Uh, I just want to say, you know, uh, thank you to my Reed Academy family. You know, that's been great, like I said, helping me train and prepare for all this. Um, thank you to Charles Reed for opening the door and getting me this opportunity. Um, I want to say thank you to Ken from Advocator because she's the reason that my diet and my weight cut has gone as great as it has. Um, thank you to my wife and, you know, my kids, you know, for being so supportive, you know, with what I do and, you know, being there for all the rough times. And uh, definitely I want to give a shout-out to my teammate, Robert White, because without him, I definitely cannot have done it. So he's helped me since day one with preparing for this fight with the whole mental aspect, you know, with the whole ups and downs. You know, he's helped me more than, you know, anybody, and I just got to give a lot of thanks to him for that. Um, and if I forgot anybody, I'm – very sorry, wasn't intentional, but um, that's how I got so far. If I wanted to purchase your walkout shirt, tell us where we could go to get those at. Um, you can actually uh, call the Reed Academy and get and get it from uh, if we have any in stock, you can get it from there. Um, I actually don't know the phone number, 
quite often. <laughs> yeah. Way I, to go, I, I man. Way to go. I know. I never call the place, but <laughs> I mean, I could get it for you if you would like. Or <laughs> so I could bring you a walkout shirt down and I see you Friday, Andy. Oh, uh, <laughs> don't know the the number yeah. to the gym. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't. Well, I never call. Well, it's because you're already there. Maybe you're probably the one answering the phone. Right? I answer the phone and train at the same time. You know. The uh, the number to Reed Academy, if you want to pick up one of uh, Cortez's walkout shirts, five one three eight seven four five five zero nine. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah right. <laughs> well, man, I wish you and your wife nothing but the safe of travels. Uh, be safe. Thank you very and I, much. I will see you Friday at Bellator 120. I'm right, looking forward to it, man. See you Friday. Thanks for having me. There you guys go. Reed Academy's Cortez Filia making his Bellator debut. Be his second professional fight, one and zero. Taking on Brian the Law Hall, who I I got to see fight uh, in a tough <laughs> three round affair XFC 26. Uh, it's his last fight, so it's going to be good. Tough cats. Now with some news on the scene, one of my favorite guys in the business, coaches some of the best fighters around, some of the most active fighters around. Uh, he's going to break some stuff down for us here, and. Call in 347-884-9986, or you can Skype in to listen to the third hour. Remember, we're on livesportscaster.com. Uh, it will be up tomorrow there on iTunes, on Stitcher, and always right here at Blog Talk Radio. But without further ado, Mr. Ron Gableman. Ron, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's up? What's going on, guys? I'm done. Done stood you up, huh? Listen, done stand you up. Second time in a row, Ron. Damn. Time. What do you want, 100 tire flips? I got a big old tire. I can make you flip 100 times tomorrow for you. Make him <laughs> say your name and Juan's name every time he flips it. How's that sound? Listen, <laughs> he's too preoccupied with that car of his right now. He's trying to yeah. get O2 sensors and all that stuff. So we'll let him pass. Yeah. We love Chris. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's cutting weight right now, so he's a little grumpy. <laughs> Yeah, I would imagine. So, we just talked to Cortez for you from Reed Academy. You've got your yeah. stable of fighters there at uh, at G-Force. Is there something in the works with you two? Yeah, well, uh, me and Charles have been talking for a while, you know, and uh, it's kind of something we've been working on for a while, and we just kind of stayed hush-hush about it, you know, and uh, we kind of just, talking back and forth and we just decided that we were going to put our teams together as far as you know pretty much on a pro level um give these guys a better opportunity to train with each other and uh and charles was you know obviously charles can open up a lot of doors for guys and me and him just decided that what we got going on in cincinnati we we need a gym like a greg jackson's or an alpha male and uh you know that's that's kind of our goal with what we got going on. We we want to build a gym where, you know, some of the top fighters in the tri-state area can come in and train and get represented. And uh, Charles is really good with management, and we're going to take on managing some of these guys. And and uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've been training up there. We've been going up there on Saturdays on the weekends and 
Cody's been helping Cortez get ready a little bit and Charlie and, um, you know, yeah, we're having a good time. So, you know, that's, that's what we got going on. People are going to be a little shocked. I'm sure when they see me and Charles walking out together, you know, but, uh, you know, that's, it, it's working for us. We both have a, have a long history of martial arts background. We both think the same way. And, uh, you know, we just kind of got together and talking one day and we said, well, you know, it'd be good if we worked together and said, sure, let's give it a try. And we didn't know how it was going to go over real well the first time, but it went great. So, you know, it's, it's going to be an ongoing thing. This is huge, man. This is huge because obviously, every, you know, your guys have been, been training with each other for a while. You, you throw in the – everybody gets different looks. But let's be honest – between G-Force and Reed Academy, we're talking about some of the most established professionals, not only in Cincinnati, but like you said, the tri-state area. You know, I just feel like this is a huge step for everybody. You know, we've seen, we got Cortez fighting this weekend. You know, you've got guys fighting uh, every other day, just about. Uh, and as far as the management goes, how hard of a task is that for you? Because I feel like you've been doing this, and getting fights and keeping up with guys with so many guys for so long that it should be fairly easy. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's not just our guys. We want to try to bring in, you know, top guys around the area, you know, and and uh, UFC guys. We're bringing in UFC guys. We've already got a couple couple names we're going to announce here pretty soon about who we're going to be bringing into the gym to work with. Uh, Charles is working on a bigger gym right now, 10,000 square feet. We're going to have a couple cages, a couple boxing rings, tons of mat wow. space. Um, I mean, it's going to be huge. I mean, we our dream is to have the to have the Greg Jackson, the team Alpha Male of Cincinnati. We feel like that's what's missing around here. Um, you know, and and we know that we're going to get a lot of uh, you know a lot of flack from other teams and coaches and stuff. But really, we just want everybody to know that we're we're going to be out there to try to help the guys. There's so much talent in this area, you know. You have a lot of it on your show tonight, and, and they're just not getting the doors opened up for them. And uh, we know what the problem is, and and we're we're gonna work it. And you're gonna be surprised. You see some of the names coming up on these big shows. I mean, I was sitting down at the UFC when actually seen Juan down there. And we had a little chat, but uh, uh, and I was looking for you guys. He said you guys uh, weren't there on the table. We were right behind the media table, and I didn't see your your big beard down there. And I was like, something's <laughs> fucked up, man. Where's Where's my guys, man? They're not down here at the table. And, and uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. And, and to look at all the talent that was in the Cincinnati area, and none of it was on that card. You know, uh, yeah, obviously Matt Brown is a Cincinnati guy, and but there those undercards. We we got a lot better fighters in this area that should have been on that undercard. You know. So we're going to do what we can do, and, uh, you know, everybody knows Charles can open up some doors for people, and, uh, you know, we both, our training regimen with our coaches and everything just just fit right in. We just clicked right off the bat, and, and we knew it was, a, you know, it was going to be a good, a good thing right off the first day when we trained. And, uh, you know, it's going to give the guys an opportunity to, to mix it up with, with different guys, and, and just we're going to really bring in some quality quality guys to for these guys to train with and it's it's going to be exciting i i've got a whole new uh you know just a whole new outlook on everything now and uh i was getting a little burned out and um 
we, we we've been talking and talking and talking and I'll, and we were both just like let's do this let's get this going and uh yeah so it happened and uh it's it's looking good it's looking good you talked about getting burnt out and it, you know you you're a guy that's at every event you know you, you really don't play favorites with promoters wherever there's a fight you how much of that does kind of rejuvenate you, you know, kind of stoke some of that fire and get that passion back, knowing that the, the opportunities that, that lay ahead or the possibilities that, that lie ahead? I, I think for me um, it, it was really just the frustration of knowing that the talent that, that we have and it's not getting where it needs to be. It's not – we needed that new, that next level, you know, I mean – with Charlie and Joe and Chris and Cody and all these guys training together day after day, I think we were all looking for that. Where's that next level going to be, you know? And uh, it just kind of really fell into place. And, um, you know, that was the frustrating part for me. Um, I mean, I've been running martial arts school since 1989. And, you know, that I went through many stages of burnout, but you do in anything you do, you know, whether it's, it's uh you know working a 40 hour job or whatever but you know this it was just at the point when i was just feeling like man we're we're not getting anywhere you know yeah we're fighting every pro- promotion around but we're not getting to that next level that we need and uh you know me and charles had a 2 hour meeting one day he drove down here and wanted to meet up with me and we sat down and when we both started talking it was just like we were both just shaking our head, yeah, 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 and and he's like, let's work together, man. Let's let's do this. Let's create a gym where, you know, the UFC is calling us and putting eight of our guys on a fight card, you know. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And you know, it's, it it was a match made in heaven, I guess you'd say. <laughs> Would Ron Gableman five years ago have done this? Because I feel like. Uh, that's a big step to put your egos aside and work towards a common goal. We know promoters can't do it. Hell, they can't agree on anything. But for for gyms, and, and like I said, two of the top gyms to get together, that it's going to shock some people. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, five years ago, I guess I kind of had, I don't know, I wouldn't say really ego. I just, I'm just always one of those, per, those people that uh, – feel like if I want something done, I got to do it myself type of person, you know? And I was always kind of lenient about letting other people come in and help me when, um, you know, when things happen, I was always kind of the one that wanted to be in control. But now it's, it's, it's not really about G force. It's not really about Ron Gableman. It's about these guys that I'm training. And, you know, I think in the past I've lost some great fighters, you know, that come out of my gym and went other places because I didn't have that next level for him. And, uh, you know, Charles felt the same way, and we both talked about it. And it was like, you know, we need to create that next level because it's not here in Cincinnati, you know. It's, there's not a gym where guys can put their egos aside, go in, train, and know they're going to get good matchups and possibly make it to the big dance one day, you know. And, um, you know, like I said, Charles Charles has, has got the contacts. And... um you know, we, we we just think it's a good fit, you know. You're a guy that I feel like knows talent when he sees it. You know what these guys are capable of. Of You're in there, you know, with them every day. Like when I see Charlie Stanford or 
Rob White, Justin McNally, uh, Chris Dunn. How how far away from these contracts are they? You know, because I feel like Charlie Stanford, his last performance, he was a shining star. You know, and, and if you could take that and mimic that at a UFC card, we're talking about superstars in the making. How far away do you see these guys being? Oh, it's it's. I see it. I, I see it going to be. It's going to be this year. It's definitely going to be this year. You're going to see. You're going to see some some local faces on on you know some of the bigger shows, um, and that and that doesn't mean we're not going to be fighting locally. We we love fighting for our fans around here. I mean, G Force and the Reed Academy both we have both have huge followings. You know, we sell lots of tickets at shows, and um, you know we 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 know that uh, you know these guys want to fight locally. They want to fight for the fans, but they need that big break. And um, I you know I just think it's it's going to be sooner than a lot of people think. And like me and Charles were talking, uh, Mr. Mr. Reed, Charles Reed, we were talking and we're like, we we want all these guys to jump on board because the bus is going to be pulling out of town and if you ain't on it, you know, it, it's it's not, you're not going to be able to get another ticket because, uh, you know, when you put those guys together, you, I mean, you ought to see this. We thought we had some good training and when we put Robert White with Mark McDonald and, um, you know, Charlie over there with, with Robert White and Cortez and, uh, you know, some of the other guys that's been coming in there from other gyms, I'm not going to mention any names right now because <laughs> I don't know if the, what what their relationship's going to be with, with it. But, uh, you know, when you put all them guys together in a room and start throwing hands and, and takedowns and grappling and stuff, it's it's amazing. We we have a good hard hour, hour and a half of practice, and when those guys walk out, man, they're done. They're done for the day, and that's what we wanted to achieve, you know, was – with a level of training like that, when guys can come in and go, man, I've had enough for today. <laughs> uh, and I think this is awesome. Uh, how soon, I mean, I, you, you talked about you're already doing it on Saturdays, but how soon before this is it's more just kind of like working working together all the time? All no, time we're, we're open. Yeah, well, we we both decided that we're because we both built our brands. We've been building our brands for years, you know. The Reed Academy. I mean, I met Charles way back before the MMA Big Show days, and and um, you know we've been good friends ever since. And uh, you know we we um, we decided that we're going to keep our brands. I mean, people are still going to see Team G Force out there. You know, we're building our amateurs and both of our respective gyms and the pro level is where we're putting them together. You know, you, you still might see Charles out there helping corner one of my amateurs that we've been working with or one of his amateurs that we've been working with. But, you know, we've decided that we're going to keep our teams, you know, we're going to keep G-Force, we're going to keep the Reed Academy as building blocks for this new team that we're creating, you know, made up of the top-level pros. I mean, we're we're – we're not just going to let anybody walk into that gym and be and be a part of the team. You're almost on an invitational basis to get in there because we want to keep that that level of training, you know, that high. Well, I don't see how you guys handle the guys you've got and keep up with them. That's amazing the way both of you guys do that. Uh, what's next for you? 
uh, obviously there's a bunch of fights coming up. I know Mark McDonald has a fight on the horizon. What's up uh, immediately for for you and for G-Force? Um, right now, well, we got Chris fighting obviously on Turf Wars, and then we got uh, Josh East. Um, he's an up and coming 55. You can watch for him. Um, he was actually supposed to fight uh, David Sutter at Hard Rock show last show, but. Uh, he got an abscess tooth and had to have a tooth removed, and his jaw was all swollen up, and uh, he didn't get the he didn't get the fight. Um, and then we got Mark McDonald's gonna gonna fight Sutter one more time to defend his title at Hard Rock. Um, we got I think we're gonna head out to Pinnacle in July. Um, Turf War's got another show June 28th, so we're, we're remaining active. And we've got a bunch of new amateurs that are getting ready to come out. We just we just haven't haven't put them out there yet. So uh, yeah, I mean we still got a lot going on, um, you know. And everybody's excited about the moves that we're making, and uh, you know it's it's a lot of fun. Like I said, I got I got kind of got a new fire going on in me. So well, Juan and I have talked about this for a long time. Uh, not not what you're doing, so to speak, but just how there has to be that as you said, next level, you know, uh, a wise man once said, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. So like when you you guys put this together, I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, there'll be nobody that's going to want to like, I just feel like, you know, with your guys, with Charles's guys, you know, uh, Cortez on Bellator, we've seen Chris on TV, you know, with, with the connections and with the talent, thing it's gonna be awesome for us to be able to sit back and watch and and uh, hopefully when everybody's in the ufc they remember their little fellers juan and gary yeah you know so juan actually won four tickets saturday and had to scalp them scalp, scalp two of them really? for ten dollars <laughs> so. oh that's what he was doing outside oh i thought he was <laughs> promoting turf wars and passing out cards for him but he was selling tickets huh you Damn. know, if they didn't do that, they missed the boat. If they didn't go out there and and, and put posters on windshields. Yeah, I know. I know. For sure, man. For sure. I ran into all of them over there, and it was funny. And Eduardo threw his mouthpiece, and we all, me and Cody, and everybody sitting around us that fought in Ohio before was like, oh, fuck, there's a suspension <laughs> going out. And it actually yep. fell right in front of Cody. He reached for it, and then I was like, what was you going to do with that when you caught it? And he goes, I don't know. And the guy in front of him reached up and snatched it and put it in his pocket. And I was like, oh, my God. And then poor Gary Cope, when he had to hand out, because, you know, he has to give out the sub- suspensions for the commission, you know. And poor Gary, and he had to go over there, and he had to hand out two suspensions. He had to hand out one to Eduardo, and then he had to hand out one to Eddie for getting knocked out. And it was like, damn, I don't know who's in the worst spot. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. man. Uh, I know you guys are going to talk about it, but I'll tell you what, Matt Brown's the man. I enjoyed that show. That was great, man. Matt is, is the man in Cincinnati. That's what I have to say. Was that your first live UFC? That was my first live UFC. We ended up going about 5 o'clock. Mama G bought us some tickets. She's seen us sitting here, and and she's like, you guys want to go to the UFC? We're like, hell yeah, we want to go to the UFC. She's like, I'll get you some tickets. And we, we didn't know what would be available. We ended up getting two rows from the cage. 
we were sitting right behind the media, the the bloggers. And uh, man, I tell you what, it it was great because we first two fights when we walked in the prelims, we were getting ready to go to our seat. We heard Buffer announcing it. We got down to the seat and it was like boop boop. Oh, there's a knockout. Next fight comes up, boom, knockout. I said, Jesus, it's going to be a good night. I think they totaled 11 knockouts on that card, something like that. Yep, and seven Jeez. upsets. Seven upsets. That's crazy, crazy, but it was a blast, man. But like I said, man, I want to see some more Cincinnati guys on there, man. That card should have been stacked. with. They called me wanting to sell tickets, wanting me to sell tickets, and I said, no, nah, I don't want to sell no tickets. I said, you put some of my guys on a card, we'll sell some tickets. But <laughs> otherwise, I, I'm not selling any tickets for you until you put my guys on the cards. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I don't know why they didn't do that because it's right there. And Dana says he's coming back to Cincinnati. And the crowd was amazing. You could tell it from – It uh, was. From, especially in the main event. That was wild. But, uh, you oh, know, it's, yeah. it's been so long since the UFC had been in Ohio. Uh, I was at the yeah. strike force in Columbus, but you know, for the UFC to be there, that's uh, yeah. I feel like if they're not there for the Arnolds this year, they've jumped the shark. You know, they've there's yeah. nothing for them. You know, if you can't if you can't capitalize on that, it's uh, it's their loss. That's for sure. That's for sure, man. Well, Ron, man, I appreciate you uh, dropping the knowledge on us. We will get that out on bluegrassmma.com. Uh, man, I love you. I appreciate everything you do out there and, uh, with your guys they are always, they treat us so well. We try to show the love back and I won't be there, but, uh, you, you'll be able to see Juan Saturday and flick him in the balls or something. I can do that. I can do that. Hey, I appreciate everything you guys do, man, for all the guys. And, uh, you know, uh, if it wasn't for guys like you, you know, they wouldn't be able to get their names out there. And it's all about that, you know, right now for these guys. But I appreciate everything, man. It's always a good pleasure talking to you guys. I guess I'll see you at the next. Uh, I'll probably see you down Hard Rock then, huh? I will see you there, June 14th. Okay, my friend. All Thanks, right. guys. There you guys go. Ron Gableman. Big announcement. Excited for that. Let's, uh, let's bring in Juan. Juan, you care to talk while I get our...